Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. I have an interesting question to propose to you today. Have you ever given yourself to God? This question is not original to me. Countless preachers down through history have asked this question, and a greater preacher than I'll ever be, Dr. Paul Levine, the founder of the ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated, he asked this question back in the mid-80s while preaching a message to hundreds of teenagers, a message that, praise God, we have recorded and have been sharing portions of with you all through this week. The question from this message, I think it's 1987, was when he preached it and it was recorded. The title is God's Plan for Paul. Speaking of the Apostle Paul, but of course the application is that God has a plan for you. So I ask you, have you ever given yourself over to God's plan? Because if you have not, you are missing out on the most peaceful the most productive, the most powerful way to live. Let me encourage you to listen now as Dr. Paul Levine shares with us God's plan, not just for Paul, but potentially God's plan for you. After he got saved, I hope you get saved tonight, then he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You see, he not only got saved, but as soon as he got saved, he decided to serve God and live for God. And right away, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, I want you to know something here, young folks. We read in the scriptures, and I'm not going to take time to hunt them all up and all that. But, but God says he is a chosen vessel. When did God choose him? Before he's ever born. Now, here's a man living in sin, hating Jesus, killing Christians, mean as he could be, but very religious. He was a religious Jew. And God said he had a purpose for this man, just like God has a purpose for you. Are you interested in what God has for you? Are you? You know, Saul was smart, though. He was no dummy. When, when he realized that God had something for him, right away he yielded to it. He was interested in God's will, and he wanted what God had for him. He didn't say, Lord, I'll think it over. He didn't say, Lord, some other time. He didn't say, Lord, tomorrow night. He didn't say, Lord, I'll ask my wife. The reason he didn't ask his wife is because he didn't have one. So he didn't say that. But he made no alibis, and without any hesitation or reservation, he said, what do you want me to do? So you get the who question settled. You find out Christ loved you, died for you, rose again, wants to save you. You accept him. You got that settled. Now, now that you're saved, now the next question is, what does he, what does he, want, me, what does he want you to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Will you yield to what God wants you to do tonight? Will you say, Lord, no matter what it is, now I'll, I'll just give myself to you 100%. Now, what did God do then with Saul? Did God give him the whole plan for his whole life? No, he won't you either. God just said, go into Damascus and then you'll get some more information. Now, what if he'd have been bullheaded about and said, I don't want to go to Damascus? Yeah, I don't want to go. Well, I'll go to Ephesus. Or I'll go to Philippi. How about going to Jerusalem, the holy city? No, I want you to go to Damascus. There, I will give you some more information. See? Now, look, young folks. What God wants you to do is to yield your life to him and obey him, even if you don't understand the reason. See? For example, maybe God wants you to go to a certain college. 
See, I didn't want to go to that college. Now, let, let's, let's pick two colleges. Let's pick uh, uh, Pensacola and Bob Jones. Let's say that God wants you to go to Pensacola. You say, I don't want to go to Pensacola. Well, where do you want to go? I want to go to a school like Bob Jones. Well, they don't have any rules. That's where I want to go. God wants you to go to Pensacola. That's where you better go. Amen. See, that might be your Damascus. You better go there. When you get there, he'll give you some more information. See? All right. So God got us all started on, on the right direction. And young folks, let me warn you. The price of saying no to the Lordship of Jesus and the price of saying I will not give my life to God comes real high. I'm thinking of a Christian boy. I believe he's saved. And um, saved when a, young, when a young boy. And then he got in with the wrong crowd in high school days and began to drink. And maybe he began to dope too. So when he was uh, 17 years old, just about time to graduate, he either got kicked out of high school or he quit. I don't know which. And he joined the Marines. Now he's living in sin. 17 years old. He's destroying his life. He came to hear me preach down in Clinton, Illinois. I can still remember this night. He sat right in the middle of the auditorium. When I got up to preach, he put his head down. When you put your heads down, we know you're not listening. See? That's how we know you're not listening. He had his head down, unless you're looking at a Bible, of course, or writing some notes about the message. But he put his head down, and he, he, he didn't want to listen. I was preaching about the price of living in sin. And uh, I knew a little bit about his life, and he knew I knew, and I was trying to help him, but he wouldn't listen, didn't listen. Well, he joined the Marines. He went away to Camp Pendleton, California, and he wrote back to his mother, and uh, she told us about it. In his letter, he said, now, Mother, he said, I don't want you to put any more tracks or church uh, bulletins or anything like that in more of my letters. I'm a Marine now. And he said to be a Marine, there's three things you got to do. To be a Marine, you got to smoke and you got to drink and you got to cuss. You got to swear, you got to use tobacco, and you got to use and drink booze in order to be a good Marine. What's he doing? He's preparing his mother for what kind of a guy he's going to be when he gets back. He came back on his first furlough. He's only 18 years old. He came staggering in the front door one day. She's upstairs. She could hear him and two or three other of his pals coming in the front door. They were all drunk. She told us about it. She could tell by their conversation that they were drunk. She threw herself across the bed and wept. He went back to Camp Pendleton. He finally got out of the Marines. I don't know to this day how many wives he's had how many women he's had, or how many, I lost count, how many kids he's got scattered all over the country. And about four years ago, he called me up. Now, here's a boy, got started going to a Christian church where they preach the gospel. So he knew, he knew I was right. See? But he was rebellious. He just doubled up his fist and said, to God, you're not going to tell me what to do. And my mother not going to tell me what to do, a godly woman. So, here he is now on the phone. And you know what he told me? He's crying. Forty years of age and crying. Now, he's not a sissy. He's not crying because he's a sissy. He's a real man, but he's crying. You know what he said? He said, Paul, I want to die. I want to die. He's all had all the women he wanted. He's had all the booze he wanted. He's had the fast life that he wanted. He had everything that he thought young folks say, well, well, if they have that, I'll be happy. He wasn't happy. He was weeping. He was crying. And he told me on the phone, he said, Brother Paul, 
He said, I pardon the language, but I'll give it like he gave it. He said, if I had the guts, I would blow my head off. But he said, I just don't have the courage to kill myself. But he said, I wish I were dead. I wish I were dead. Now look, 40 years old, wanting to die, 40 years old, and, and wanting to end his life. Was well, something mighty wrong about that? That's not what God planned. God, look, when God's plan for you are plans for joy and happiness and a good life, and you get into God's will and God's plan for life, you'll never think of suicide. Then you want to be like, like I am. I, want to, I never want to die. I want to, want to live forever. I, I'd like to preach there for another hundred years. I don't think I'm thinking about dying. Well, of course not. But all over America tonight, young people are killing themselves. Teenagers are dying by their own head. They're blowing their brains out and they're swallowing poison and they're killing themselves. They don't want to live. They're sick and tired of life. Some of you right here are that way right tonight. And I can believe that because nearly every week that I've been here, especially in the last few years, young folks have come to me and they said, Brother Paul, I've thought about suicide. I've thought seriously about killing my life. Only a teenager and wanting to die. Look, young man, young lady, the answer to your problem, the answer to your sadness, the answer to your sorrow, the answer to your slavery is get straightened out about who Jesus is and give your life to him. That changed the apostle Paul around. Boy, it turned him around and it'll turn you around. And it made a success out of the apostle, out of Saul of Tarsus, made a success out of me. God's plan, and not only for salvation and service, but success. This may come as a shock to some of you, but God has no plans for you to be a failure. You say, but you don't realize how difficult my life has been. You don't realize how behind the eight ball, so to say, I was when I was born. You don't know my family life. I say again, God has no plans. He has never had any plans for you to be a failure. I want to ask you what Dr. Paul asked us today in this recording from a snippet of a message from years past. Have you given yourself to God? Maybe you say today, I don't know what you mean and I don't know how to do that, but there's something stirring in my heart. There's some part of what you're saying that's gripping me right now, and I need, I have this yearning in my soul. I have a God-sized hole in my soul. I want to give myself to God. How would I go about doing that? Well, first of all, it does not require works. It does not require action on your part besides one small thing. You've got to understand and believe. You must understand that you and I, all of us, are sinners. We are lost in sin, and we could never, not by man's teaching, not by our own intellectual abilities, we could never pull ourselves out of sin. We could never work our way to a place called heaven. We are sinners, and because of our sin, the Bible tells us that there's a penalty for sin. There's a penalty for the fact that we cannot be perfect. That sounds unjust. We could never be perfect. Well, it's not unjust because God has provided a way of escape. He's provided a pathway to salvation through 
his precious son, Jesus Christ, who died for you and for me. He died, and if you believe that he was, he was killed, he was buried, and he rose again according to the scriptures, and you believe that fact, and you're willing to place your trust in him, you don't have to give up the booze. You don't have to give up the cigarettes. You don't have to give, give up the lascivious lifestyle you're living. You'll want to if you accept Christ truly, but you don't have to do those things before salvation. You need to accept him today and give your life to God. If you'd like to do that, you could pray a simple prayer. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you know there's a penalty for sin. Tell him that you want to accept his free gift of salvation. You want to go to heaven. You don't want to go to hell. You could pray that prayer, not to me, but to God. If you're listening right now and you did pray a prayer like that, the announcer will come on in just a moment and you can tell us all about it. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day for his glory. We'll talk to you very soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.